0: your
1: inside pass to everything saints football we'll take you to the places most fans never go to practice to the sideline to the locker room following every twist
0: I the ball. turn Picks and touchdown is over. of the
1: 2022 season it is going
0: to be covered by the saints for a touchdown Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. Oh, baby! Welcome in to a new episode of Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak alongside Steve Geller, who is who is a lot cooler than I am right now because he is out in, uh, I don't know if it's sunny Green Bay, Wisconsin. Because he Definitely spent the last sunny. two days watching Saints-Packers joint practices. most exciting practices you'll ever hear about. Uh, how's it going out there, Steve? How's the weather?
1: Uh, pretty beautiful. You wake up in the morning, it's 60 degrees. And by, you know, the afternoon, mid-morning afternoon, when you get to practice time, you're in the 72, 73 degrees. Had a nice breeze today. I laughed when you hear a lot of the local folks complaining, oh, how hot it is. And, you know, <laughs> meanwhile, I was seeing reports about the heat index back home being in the one hundred. So definitely nothing to complain about here.
0: Well, that was like I was up in Montana a few weeks back and that was like the big difference was like, oh, got, it got to be like 91 degrees and everyone was like freaking out. And I was like, yeah, but it's like zero percent humidity. Right. <laughs> they don't know what humidity is. And that's uh, yeah, that's why when they come down here in the summer, they die. Yeah, that was the biggest thing. When
1: we, we, we arrived, it was late at night and the girl at the front desk was asking, you know, what do you think of Green Bay so far? And I'm like, well, we we haven't seen anything and pretty much everything shuts down here early as well, so it was kind of a desolate kind of area as we got in at 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. But the biggest thing is when you step off that plane or go out the side the door, there isn't that wall of humidity definitely hitting you. And, yeah, know, the, the practices were, were absolutely gorgeous. Definitely reminded me of the days of watching them in West Virginia. It was that easy of a session to watch where you're not sweating really at all.
0: And don't worry, that humidity will be waiting for you when you get back. Luckily, I think the first practice back is Sunday in the Dome. In the Dome, yeah. So at least you don't have to worry about that. But you still have to live with it. So you'll still get it. So we're not only going to talk about the weather in Wisconsin. We are going to get into a lot about what the Saints are getting into this week. We're going to do some news and notes. We're going to get the latest on Jameis Winston, who kind of got back in the team drills today. Then we're going to go through kind of the best sound that we've heard out at camp. We have a lot of good interviews with Marshawn Lattimore, Dennis Allen, uh, Michael Thomas, all that jazz. And then we're going to finish out, with kind of the spotlight player that we are looking at the most closely in the week two preseason matchup between Green Bay and the Saints, it's going to be on Friday at Lambeau Field. Um, but but without further ado, so Steve, give us you know kind of your your rundown of how things went for the last two days at Saints practices. What stood out to you? Did any players stand out to you? Is is Aaron Rodgers uh, as much of a hippie as they say? You know, let let, let me hear it.
1: He definitely is. Uh, It was kind of amusing that today uh, on the Wednesday session, he spent more time, I feel like, on the Saints sideline talking to players when the second and third team units were out there for the Packers. Uh, But it was definitely a a joint – the joint practices on both sides were dominated by defensive play, and I don't think there's any concern uh, or worries about the Saints. They're definitely – Ah, uh, legit from what we've seen the practices obviously back home to now translating against a four time mvp the guy who was won it in back to back seasons and rogers you know wasn't having the greatest of success and and you could tell that he was frustrated and he talked about it after day 1 how the packers have had issues uh, communication with his wide receivers there were drops uh, running wrong routes. But I got to tell you, the from the front line to the secondary, e- everybody was performing outstanding. There was plenty of pressure coming down. I think Cam Jordan had a phenomenal week. He looked great up front. The defense of secondary, you could tell that they stayed away from – all the quarterbacks stayed away from Marshawn Lattimore and were really going after Paulson Adebo's side, which is funny because – he continued to basically do what he's been doing in Metairie with his past breakups. Uh, Teram Matthew, he was a full go in, in team drills, uh, outstanding. Watching him on the field in, in so many different places, I can't wait to see how they they utilize him in the regular season. Just because he is such a versatile piece. Next to him, Marcus May, another guy that's been shining. Uh, he he def, he had a pick on Aaron Rodgers, and. Just overall, the the feeling from the defense is that confident swagger. Uh, we heard Demario Davis talk about today that that Dennis Allen told the defense that he doesn't want anybody happy because uh, <laughs> a, a happy defense, you know, gets complacent. He wants everybody to be not satisfied with everything and uh, wanting more. And that's obviously we know Double D very well, and he always is striving to be the best uh, at everything. and The defense, no concerns, I will say. Obviously going against a top flight guy like Aaron Rodgers along with anyone else. On the other side of the ball, not so much. But again, QB1 was out. We didn't see much from Jameis Winston. It was Andy Dalton and our favorite, Ian Book, in practices. Dalton had his moments. But uh, Ian Book, I would say, had the biggest uh, struggles, not surprisingly. Uh, Today, on Wednesday, there was just two... Back-to-back instances where he had Deontay Hardy wide open and streaking down the right sideline, and found a way to overthrow one of the fastest guys on the
0: roster is pretty he frustrating.
1: Yeah, overthrow him. It wouldn't. Both wow. would have been touchdowns too, for sure. <laughs> Maybe he
0: was trying to overthrow him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it seems very much like Ian Book is on the verge of becoming a short story. Yeah, I did that. Yeah. And as uh, so you said Aaron Rodgers over on the Saints sideline. If anyone on a Saints test positive for ayahuasca, we'll know where he got it. <laughs> oh yeah, It was so- funny,
1: too. Like he tried to go up to C.J. Gardner Johnson and C.J. just kept dancing to the music and pretty much ignored Rodgers. And Rodgers, was there just shaking his head. Was it like they were chirping at each other? No, no. He was just he was talking to Demario Davis and some oh, of the so, other players.
0: So, like C.J. just wouldn't even give him the time of day.
1: No, he kind of like laughed at it and just kept dancing along and backpedaling and doing forward. He he was, he was messing around on the sideline, but definitely wasn't giving Rogers the attention he wanted.
0: I think the the exact quote would be like, we're not friends, bro. Um, But (laughs) pretty much anyway. So yeah, let's get over to the offensive side of the ball a little bit. So you mentioned Jameis. Jameis was out there yesterday. He was wearing pads at the start of the day and then he took them off and he didn't participate in drills today. He was in pads again, and he was in drills, but he didn't go through team drills, if I'm getting that correct. So, yeah, so what did we see from him specifically? What were your impressions? How did he look? How is the foot looking? Uh, and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, the first day when he didn't have pads on was kind of just standing back, going through those mental reps, you could tell, uh, with the quarterbacks, talking with the wide receivers, still being part of the team, but really, obviously, not, not doing anything. Today was a little more active during the Saints portion where before they join the Packers on the other field for practices and obviously watching his foot to see if there's any kind of limp or he's not moving, you know, correctly, but all indications, he, he looks fine. He still got the, the brace on his knee as well. And, you know, in a good mood, he was dancing. Uh, but when we talked to Dennis Allen too, about will he get to play on Friday? Is there any chance that was pretty pretty much squashed. And I, I don't think there was any real expectation we'd see Winston playing in this contest. Uh, hopefully, I think we do need to see some kind of live action reps from him. So maybe that preseason game number three coming up against the Chargers, he'll get a series in. Close to letting James go today? I don't think
0: so. Um, that wasn't our plan coming out here today. Our plan was kind of go through... A little bit of the same deal that we went through yesterday. Um, I haven't gotten a full report, uh, but, but you know, he sounded like it, it was a little bit better today. So, um, you know, we'll see. Is it possible he would play Friday night? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I think that's pretty definitive. Well, you, so, I don't <laughs> think so. We so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> we will not be seeing Jameis on Friday, which is, means the Ian Book story will continue for at least another week. Which is, you know, it was going to happen either way. If Jameis was out there at all, it would have been for a couple of plays, maybe one series. And, but I do think, yeah, I think, like you mentioned, you do want to see him get probably a series against the Chargers just to kind of get that kind of live game action because he didn't get it in joint practices. You were kind of, I think you were hoping to get some of that kind of light but competitive work in this week, and you weren't able to because of the foot. But it is good that he's back out there. It's good that you can see him running around. So it's not affecting him too much. Um, It doesn't seem to be lingering. You know, it's we started camp talking about limps and we're, you know, getting to the end of camp. We're talking about limps, but he's not the only player who kind of dealt with some stuff today. I know James Hurst kind of went off the field. What what was your kind of read on what happened there? Because it seemed like from, from what I can understand, Louis Kidd and Trevor Penning got all the reps they could they could ask for today. Yeah, and, and Penning actually
1: went off for a little bit as well, okay. uh, but then ended up coming back, uh, c- coming back onto the field. Also, Sage Doxtater uh, left the field; looked like an arm injury for him. But with James Hurst, it appeared he got stepped on, mm. uh, but you couldn't really see too much. Uh, unfortunately, it's kind of like our situation uh, back home in Metairie, where the vantage point that you had the players pretty much as a wall in front of you. And you almost wish you were in the stands at higher elevated with the fans so you could see have a better vantage point. But yeah, it definitely looked like Hurst got stepped on. He was able to go to the locker room on his own power kind of thing. There wasn't any help from a, a trainer carrying him or the car coming out. And I know Dennis Allen gave a wonderful explanation of what <laughs> Hurst is
0: dealing with. Yes, this is my favorite my favorite injury update of all time. Are you ready? Let's go. Size. Uh foot. It's really all I can say. Um, you know, um until we get a chance to delve into it a little bit more. Foot. <laughs> what's up, what's, what's going on with James Hurst? Foot. <laughs> so yeah,
1: I'm, I'm I'm guessing like somebody just stepped on that foot kind of deal, and hopefully it's nothing serious for him. Uh I don't I don't believe so. Like I said, he wasn't uh limping off the field or needed any assistance. And that would obviously be a big blow for the team
0: if he were to miss the any time, honestly. Yes. And, and Steve knows this. I've been laughing about that answer for about 20 minutes now. I'm just going to start answering questions like that. Hey, what are you doing today? Foot. <laughs> That's all I could say. Foot. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't want to have to see Trevor Penning starting week one. That's, that is the big concern for me when I hear James Hurst is dealing with an injury because, and it's not that I like, I, Hey, I talked for 20 minutes last episode about how I think that the concern over Trevor Penning is very overblown at this point, but I would have, I don't want to see him in there week one because he is not ready. And I don't think that he's going to be ready two weeks from now. So I really sincerely hope that James Hurst is not dealing with kind of an extended injury because you know, and and I think I brought up the comp to Eric Flowers um, a few episodes back, and I really think that that's what you are in danger of. I think it was the number eight overall pick out of Miami. He went to the Giants. Um, he was supposed to kind of start his career on the right side and kind of work his way in, but Will Beedy, who was a left tackle at the time, had an injury in the preseason, and Eric Flowers had to start at left tackle as is, as a rookie in Week One, and he was atrocious. He lost all of his confidence and he just never found it again. He actually latched on as a guard I think with Washington and he had some he actually was better as a guard than he was as a left tackle, but that's the scenario that I get really I get really worried about if you end up in a situation where James can't go and it's like man, Trevor's thrown out there in the fire week 1 against Atlanta and just just gets worked because he's not ready. And so hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully it's just foot and then foot better. And we can uh, we can kind of go. But I would be, you know, anytime you see a guy with an injury like that, I would be surprised to see him on the field two days later just because it's a meaningless game. So, you know, you might see Trevor out there with the first team uh, against the Packers on Friday. And I think that'll be a good opportunity if that's the case to uh, to kind of gauge really, really where he is, because that Packers pass rush is going to give him no, uh, no, no rest. And surprisingly, there were no dust-ups or
1: squabbles, which you know, the big agitator, Trevor Penning. Trevor. Yeah, Trevor Penning didn't get into any kind of altercations, and surprisingly, I think people would find out that Jarvis Landry was the Mm -hmm. one that got tossed from practice on Wednesday for his involvement with things. Dennis Allen wasn't having any of that again, and there wasn't anything. There wasn't a big dust-up at all. It was a lot of pushing and shoving, talking back and forth, but uh, Alan squashed that immediately for sure again.
0: Jarvis just wanted to get a head start on the cheese curd conversation. <laughs> right, um, exactly. DA, just, uh, DA did get to try cheese curds today. He didn't seem too excited about it. I did have to listen to the sound of him chewing throughout the beginning of that press conference, and that was unpleasant.
1: For anyone, the fried ones at least were like mini mozzarella stick bites,
0: kind of. Thing. Yeah, that's that's essentially what cheese curds are. They're mozzarella sticks. If you instead of making them into a stick, you kind of molded them into a ball and threw them into a deep fryer. It's not that complicated. You can understand fried cheese is good in most contexts, and this is one of them. But, but so I was we can told the end ones, the cheese curd debate.
1: I had some of the local folks telling me though the ones to have are not fried, and they're actually – they're not cold, but they're like room temperature. That sounds
0: gross. Yeah, just just cheese. Well, speaking of gross, Steve, did you go to Green Bay, Wisconsin and order Chinese takeout?
1: Well, yeah, I was I was in the hotel cutting up sound and doing work and everything.
0: And what is wrong top, with you? <laughs> well, I I don't know really what to have it besides brats and beer. I mean, you're only there for what a week. You can't just survive on brats and beer for four days. Come on, man! But I, I yeah, got to give food? him cr- really. I got to give him credit though. My pepper
1: steak might have been one of the best I've ever had, and not just because of the taste. The fact that when you order pepper steak, you pretty much get peppers and onions with a little bit of steak in there. And I was overloaded with deliciously sliced thin pieces of beef that I actually even saved. I had leftovers and heated that up when I came back from practice the next day. All right.
0: Well, I just, I know to get big, that off my big time
1: Chinese food eats in green Bay. My, my
0: big food review. Get some poutine, right? Like that's, okay. that's what you should have gone for. Get some gravy and fries. Anyway, this is track. Any other closing notes on what you saw over the last couple of days at Saints practice before we move on here? I would just say that
1: besides the, you know, obviously the injuries to the offensive line were a little bit of concern because they're, they're getting a little thin there. Uh, they're, they're bringing in a, a former uh, black and gold player is coming back to the team. And at least, you know, it's someone, you know, is familiar with what, what the team has been doing because he's been in, on this roster before.
0: You're going to tell, you tell anyone who it is or you just want to maybe leave it a mystery? I I just blanked on the name. Sorry. Derek Kelly. (laughs) Derek Kelly. Thank you. (laughs) I wasn't sure if you were just going to be like, hmm. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That player, you know. (laughs) Everyone knows that player. That guy. It is Derek Kelly. He's an offensive lineman. He did. He got some work in like jumbo sets. I remember during the 2020 season, Um, he was kind of in the James Hurst role at that point, uh, especially early in the season, because I want to say that that was the year that Hurst started suspended but I could be wrong either way. Yeah. It's just some, some known depth. The saints love bringing back players that they've, that they've already worked with. Right. They brought back Alex Anzalone. They've brought back all these players that it seems every year you see at least one or two, you know, returning players, you know, like Malcolm Jenkins, Patrick Robinson, guys like that.
1: Yeah. And I think that, you know, the way the team is dealing, like I said, with the injuries along the offensive line, who knows if Derek Kelly might see some action on Friday, even though he just got he's being brought in. I know it's highly unlikely though.
0: Well, and and we uh Mike sat down, Mike cost sat down with Mickey Loomis, and one of the interesting things he said was like, he hates the cuts because all it does is make it more complicated to try to field a team in a preseason game where you don't want to play your starters, right? Like he he's pretty, pretty sturdy on the idea. It's like just keep it at 90 the whole way. What are we gaining by cutting these guys other than kind of opening up options for other teams to pick them up? But like most of the time when you're cutting guys, it's not because those are the bottom five guys on your roster. Like you're not grading everyone and cutting everyone from, you know, 86 to 90. You're cutting people because you need to, you need to have a roster to field a team without having to throw, you know, your first team offensive line out there. So that's, I think that's why you see some of these signings, all these USFL guys that come in and leave a week later. Um, but, yeah, it's it's always interesting this time of year to see how they manage that.
1: Yeah, and I want to see also that the linebacking group is a little bit of area concern, too, with yeah, um, obviously Pete Werner still being out of action with that groin. And I, I said that basically the, the clock's really getting ticking a little louder for him because that week one matchup against Atlanta is obviously getting closer and we haven't seen enough of Pete Warner on the field.
0: Yeah, and he's stepping into a much, much bigger role this year, and he's not going to get any preseason reps to kind of, you know, get into that, and uh, that's not that's not an ideal scenario. But that's why we wrap it up on this segment. Again, this is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak alongside Steve Geller. He's still out in Green Bay, but he's hanging out with us. Make sure to check out Inside Black and Gold, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to rate, review, give us five stars. If you think we deserve it, I think we do. And we'll be coming back with the best sound from the week out at joint practices stick around